0: talk to you from the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter 29 verse 1. I know that the Lord gave me this word for you today. And If I can do it justice, I believe somebody's life's about to change. 2nd Chronicles chapter 29 verse 1. If you got your Bibles, turn to it. If you're not, it's on the screen. I'm going to read real quick for sake of time. <clears throat> Hezekiah. Everybody say Hezekiah. Was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah. Abijah, Abijah. I don't care, apple patata, come on, matata matata, okay? The daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. I like that. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Just as his ancestors, David, so it means he was one of his grandsons, or somehow connected and kin to David. In the very first month, verse 3, the first year of his reign, Hezekiah, watch what he does, reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord Watch. And he repaired them. That means something was broken. He summoned the priest and the Levites. He said, hey, meet me. He said, meet me at the courtyard east of the temple. I want to meet you on the east side. That's what he said. And he said to them, listen to me, you Levites. Purify. Everybody say sanctify. That's what he's talking about. He said, purify yourselves. Then he says, purify Or sanctify the temple of the Lord, the God of the ancestors of your ancestors. Remove all that defiled things from the sanctuary. Verse six. Our ancestors, watch, listen to their character. Our ancestors were unfaithful. They did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God, and they abandoned the Lord and his dwelling place. They turned their backs on him. Verse 7. They also shut the doors to the temples entry room and they snuffed out the lamps. They stopped burning incense and they presenting burnt offerings at sanctuary, at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. That is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread, horror, and ridicule, as you can see with your own eyes. Because of this, verse 9, our fathers have been killed in battle, our sons and daughters and wives Have been captured. But now I will make a covenant with the Lord the God of Israel. So that the fierce anger will turn away from us. It's a man standing in between God's judgment and man's sin. Verse 11. My sons do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence. To minister to him and to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. Watch verse 12. Then these Levites got right. What's it say? These Levites got right to work from the clan of, I ain't even going to try to name all these names. But all the families said, we're going to get it done. Look at your neighbor and say, we got work to do. All right. Roscoe, Roscoe, wave at me. I met Roscoe last week, his family just decided to join the church, going through growth track today, matter of fact, I love Roscoe, and if you get a chance, I want you to shake his hand, but Roscoe, would you pray for us for the reading of the word, come on. Amen, you can be seated, God bless you. Amen. Ahaz, everybody say Ahaz. <clears throat> the Bible says that a man named Ahaz took over in the book of Second Chronicles chapter twenty-eight, which was the father. Listen of Hezekiah. Okay. And the scripture says because of the father Ahaz, say Ahaz. <clears throat> Ahaz got angry. He got bitter. <clears throat> Something happened in his heart and it caused him to turn from the Lord. He made up in his mind he was going to do everything he could to shut up the presence, and the power of God. Not only for himself, but for the communities, for families that represented Judah. Now, those of you who don't know, the word Judah simply means praise. The children of Israel were God's kids. They was his family. They were designed to magnify and lift him up. But Because of one man, not only did he close the temple... He stopped having church, but he also polluted the church. The temple was filled with idols. The temple was unused. It just set, and it got filled up with things that really didn't matter. And I want to talk to the men again. I talked to you last Sunday. I want to talk to you again, men. Stand up for me. If you're a man in here, stand up. This pastor, if you'll let me be your pastor, if you're a visitor, it's Okay. This pastor is not here to make you feel good. This guy right here is to tell you I'm weak, but in my weakness, he's made strong. I mess up. I make mistakes just like you. But I'm here to tell you together we stand. Your family needs you to stand. Your sons need you to stand. Don't be an Ahaz. Don't be an Ahaz that shuts God out, that don't pray, that don't read his Bible that don't want anything to do with the power and the presence of the Lord. But it's different for me. I know it's different. God's different. But you're a child of God. And your sons, your daughters, and your wife need you to love them enough to say, come hell or high water, I ain't letting nothing touch my family. I'm going to do everything I can to keep my family out of hell. Because that's what this is all about. We're a church that empties hell and fills up heaven. That's all we're about. Men, I need you. I'm challenging you. Stand up for your family. God bless you. You can be seated. Come on. I'm going to keep challenging you. Sometimes men can feel inferior because we don't look like this one or act like that one. We ain't ain't driving this or we ain't living in that. Who gives a flip? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. That's what the Bible says. You want to be successful? Men, love your wife as Christ loved the church. I'm convinced the reason men don't love the wives is because they don't love the church. I said something right there that's pretty powerful. We've stopped loving the church. What did Jesus do for the church? He laid his life down for the church. So what's he saying? Love your wife so much you'll die for her. But not only love her, love the church. Protect the church. The Bible says, fast forward 25 years or so, here comes a young man on the scene. Hezekiah, he had a different mentality. The son of Ahaz, something shifted in him. I believe it was the power and the presence of God that called him from the womb. And he said, you know what? We're not going to keep doing the things the way that we've been doing them. We've been being defeated. Our families have been distraught. We've had, uh, been def- uh, completely annihilated by our enemies. And I'm going to have a change take place. And the Bible says that he called forth, uh, he put forth a, an anthem, if you will. He said, hey, Levites, priests, men. He said, it's time to change what we've been doing. He said, I want you to meet me on East Street. And he called a meeting. I believe he knew if he could get a meeting with the people, he could share his vision. How many understand where they're, without no vision, people perish, right? You don't want to go to a church that's, that's perishing. You don't want to be part of a family that's dead, do you? Come on, we want to be a part of something that's alive. Who's ever wanted to be on a losing team? Come on. You, you, you don't want to be on a losing team. You want to be alive. And Hezekiah said, I'm tired of losing. I'm ready to win. And he started setting some things in order. The first thing that, I see that he did was that he put a new door On the house of God. Come on, it's important that we repair some things that's been broken. The devil don't want you to have allow the Holy Spirit to come in your life to have things restored. Restore your joy. David said, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. That tells me that you can lose the joy of your salvation. Some of you ain't smiled since you've been in here. Show me you got some teeth. I want to know that you got teeth in your mouth. Come on, you got to be excited. If you're living for Jesus and you're on your way to heaven, you might have had a bad week this week, but today's a new day. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for you. And what, before he gets here, you can still have a little pie in the sky. Come on, somebody. You can laugh, you can smile, have some joy. It's a new day. Smile at me. I see those teeth missing. Yeah. It's all right. He put a new door, he repaired some things. Take these notes. I got four things for you. My God, I feel so full. I feel like Pillsbury Doughboy. My God. All right. He said, sanctify yourself. Sanctify. What's it mean? Sanctify means to be set apart for acceptable use. S- to be sanctified, set apart for acceptable use. Have you been set apart? If, if somebody finds you or sees you on the job or sees you at Walmart or Target, would they think you're set apart by the way you talk, the way you act? Or maybe by the way you react to them when somebody cuts you off on the, in the parking lot. We don't need no birds flying up. No, no. Keep the birds in the pocket. Come on. Hezekiah knew if he could get people back to the house of God, that people would pray like they used to pray, worship like they used to worship. Then God's children would recover and be restored. I believe there's four steps to spiritual clean out. Today I want to talk to you from a subject simply, stop carrying out what needs to be cleaned out. I believe we've gotten real good at carrying out our problems. Carrying out our baggage. Listen, carrying out our sin. Ooh, I said a four-letter word. Sin. Yeah, guess what? The person next to you has probably got some unforgiven sin in their life. We've gotten real good at coming into church and looking churchy. Acting churchy. We even smell churchy. Some of us are more churchy than Noah was Archie. You are messed up you got to quit playing games. You're carrying out. And God said, I don't want you to carry out. I want you to clean out. I want you to let my Holy Spirit come in your life and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I want you to let your hands be clean. Let your hearts be pure before me. Yeah. He's coming back for a bride without spot nor wrinkle. Does that mean i got to be perfect? No. That means that you got to strive for righteousness in Christ. You strive. You're not trying to be loved. He already loves you as much as he'll ever love you. But I'm not going to let you think that you can keep living in sin. We cannot live in sin, church, and expect God to bless what's cursed. Come on. You can't keep sleeping with your girlfriend, sir, and think that God's going to bless that relationship. It's fornication. I'm sorry. You can't keep looking and watching pornography and and getting your uh, flesh fed off of that and thinking it's okay. See, that's how the flesh is, that's why the flesh is uh, uh, weak. Because we feed the flesh more than we feed the spirit. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I was scrolling through Facebook the other day. I was looking for spiritual stuff. I'm always looking for encouragement stuff. saw an ad pop up and the ad was, you got to try this once and your life will change. That's all it said. So I clicked on it. I was like, "Woo! let me see what it is. Sure enough, it's one of them uh, erectile situations or whatever. You're having problems. I was like, well, I ain't got that problem. Come on. But then it had this old man on top of this young girl. I'm like, what? I I didn't go looking for it. But how many knows the devil knows how to find you? Guess what? I think I stayed there about 15 seconds. Crucify me. The problem is a lot of us are there every day. You know what I've done? I put some safeguards in my life. I got my wife. I got my kids. I don't put uh, passwords on my computers that they don't know. That's one reason because I don't want to, I ain't got nothing to hide. I ain't making, setting up places for me to fail. Okay? I'm not shutting the doors of the church and running to the things of the flesh. I've made up my mind for God I'll live, for God I'll die. It ain't worth it. Come on. Those 2 minutes ain't going to satisfy your flesh, but the, but in the presence of God, 1 second will change you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You got to have God. And I'm just here to tell you any addiction you got, any pill that you could get on that can make you high or make you low, ain't nothing like the power of the Holy Spirit in your life if you let him flow in your life. Hezekiah said I want to clean out the house of God. Number uh, uh, four things I got to move real quick. Four things that's going to help you Clean out instead of carry out. You ready? Number one, make church priority again. Make church priority again. Not second, not third. Ah, Pastor, we ain't got to go to church. It's just, you know, we're there for an hour and we're out. You don't come to church for you. You come to church for him. That could be the problem. You're coming for you. And you keeps leaving with you. I long for the day that we start leaving with the power. Leaving with the promise that Jesus said, go and tarry until you be endued with power from Most High. Not you, from Him. With that power, you can overcome sin. With that power, you can overcome any hurt and pain and and, uh, uh, rejection and and, and hate and bitterness and jealousy. Come on, I'm going to hit you one way or another. We all got something. I'm just telling you, you can't. Give your heart to Jesus, be born again, and stay where you are. If you got saved, still doing the same thing you were doing before you got saved, question, what are you saved from? Just saying. All right, this is hard preaching, ain't it? I said, God, they ain't going to like this. He said, That's all right, say it anyway. This is a hospital. This is a place for sinners. This is a place for saints. It's a place for brokenness. It's a place for discourage. It's a place for the sick. It's a place for the hopeless. It's a place of people who have a black, white, brown, purple, blue. I don't care what color. It's a place for uh, Democrats. It's a place for Republicans. It's a place for everybody. Women, men, boys, girls. This is God's house. You got to make church priority again. Somebody say amen. amen. Hebrews 10.25 says it like this. And let us not neglect. Watch. Our meeting together, that's church, as some people do. There's some people in Bed Spring, Texas right now. Yeah, we know who you are. You're watching online. Ha. Don't neglect the church. You need the church. We need the local church. Hebrews 10, 25, he says, but encourage one another. Tap somebody next to you say, I'm encouraging you. When should you encourage them? Look, he says it, especially now. That the day of his returning is drawing near. Jesus is coming back. And Hezekiah said, we got to get these doors open. If we're ever going to see victory again, we got to get these doors open. After the doors were fixed, then Hezekiah told the people, if you want to see revival, if you want to see a move of God, let's come together. He had prepared for change, watch, himself, so that others could follow. Listen to me. If you want to see a change in others... Your wife, your husband, your children, start with you. That's good preaching. I'm going to give myself an offering. Hallelujah. Number two, verse five talked about, he begins to tell him, I want you to start purifying. I want you to purify yourself and purify the temple. Number two, clean out the house. Say it. Clean out the house. Nothing was clean. It had been setting dormant. What's good for the natural is good for the spiritual. If we want God to move in our lives, we must repent, clean out filthiness of the flesh. We must not play with, with and live in sin. Okay? Darkness has always been, but watch. When light shows up, it exposes darkness. You're supposed to be light. If Jesus lives inside of you, your light should come on, it should l- illuminate all the darkness. And, and darkness has got to go. It should create a change in your life. First Peter four seventeen. This is why it's important that the house of God get things set in order. For the time has come for judgment. And it must begin with God's house. Woo! If judgment begins with us. That's right. We're all going to be judged. If judgment begins at the house. What terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? Let me put it a different way. If judgment begins with you and me in the house, how much more judgment is your mama, your daddy, your aunt, your uncle, your kids who don't know Jesus and you haven't took time to share Jesus, how, what are the, what's the hell they're going to go through? That's what he said. I'm just telling you judgment starts here. So let's get it right. When We start talking about cleaning out. What happens is our life gets bogged down with all kind of stuff. We don't start too heavy. We can handle it. We got a little addiction. Got a little porn. Got a little drug problem. Take a pill to get up. Take a pill to get down. We got it. We still going to church. We've confessed. We we uh, you know we even ex- accepted Christ as our Savior one Sunday, and. Uh, We're getting good. We're we're, we're fine. I go to church once a month, maybe. I read my Bible, a few minutes, once a week or so, maybe. I read those scriptures that pop up, and we're doing good. Thing is, we keep carrying what God's trying to clean out. Are you saved? Yeah, you're saved. Yeah, the, the blood of Jesus has covered you. He's accepted you. He loves you. But you're carrying something he's never designed you to carry. And then we keep, you know, we miss church. We've missed some more prayer. We won't do the fasting pastor's challenges to do because there ain't no way I'm giving up my pizza and my hamburger. Come on, somebody. McDonald's. McDonald's got too much. And we just start picking things up. And, we, you know, because we're making it. Everything's fine. We look good. Nobody knows. We still got a church face on. Still smelling churchy. Yeah, but things are starting to stink. Your attitude stinks. You can't love people because you don't love yourself. Hezekiah was saying, We got to clean out this house. We got to make things right. He began to talk to the priest. He talked to the men. Men, we got to get things right. Women, we got to love women. We got to love on our sisters. Quit talking about our sisters. We got to quit hating on people. We got to quit trying to do things on our own. I mean, we will go to the fullest extent, whatever it takes. We just keep putting it on, thinking somehow, some, I got it figured out. That preacher don't know. I can keep doing this. It's fine. He don't, he don't know. I can handle this addiction. Hey, I got this. I've just beat my wife twice a week. It's okay. She'll be fine. Come on. Yeah. We laugh, but there's husbands going home drinking themselves in a, in a drunkard's self and then beating their wife or screaming and hollering at them. And you've got a problem, sir. You're carrying out what you need to clean out. God can't bless it. It's cursed. God never designed you to carry it. But this is what they did back then, 3,000 plus years ago. We just keep carrying it. Come here, Kurt. I need help. I need some more. Come on. Then we get our friends to help us. Hurry. Jump up here. Give me that other one because I just got to keep performing. I got I to gotta just lay it on there. I got to keep making myself look like I got it all together. Gotta, thank you. Yeah, so we get our friends to help us. Instead of going for prayer, uh-uh. oh, yeah, everything's going good. Yeah, just come on over. Let's party together. And we get our friends to party with us. And we just get bogged down. We talk like sailors. We live like sailors. And we say we're, we're Christians, but we're living like sinners. I'm just telling you, God never designed you. To carry this mess. Clean it out. Don't carry it out. Clean it out. Let it go. The Bible says they started cleaning. And when they started cleaning, 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says, What What now? Know this. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. What's good for the natural is good for the spiritual. That's natural. Spiritually, you're the temple of God. All you have to do is confess. All you have to do is repent and then turn away. But it's hard. I know it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. If anybody could do it, everybody would do it. But you have to resist the devil and he'll flee. But I've been resisting. Resist him again. Resist him again. Resist him again. Eventually, you're going to get it. Nobody's going to throw stones at you. Just keep trying. Don't pick it back up. If you pick it up, take it back where you picked it up and burn it. Get rid of it. Quit buying it. Quit downloading it. Clean it out. The Bible does not say that graffiti was the reason the house of God was being cleaned out. It was because of neglect. It was because the doors got shut and nobody did anything. Nothing's going to change if you're not desperate enough to change it. One preacher said, challenge it and it'll change. Challenge it. Pick up your Bible and read it every day, five minutes. Something'll change. Get on your knees in prayer, sir. In front of your wife. In front of your children. Something will change in your life. Men, if you ain't ever prayed with your wife, you ain't ever had a night with her in the bed like you need to. Yeah, I said it. I'll say it again. If you can't be intimate with the Father, don't expect to have real intimacy with your wife. She represents the, the, the house of God. And the problem is the reason we're fighting and ho- hollering and screaming and cussing out our, our wives and our husbands because we've lost intimacy with the Father. I'm just telling you, if you clean it out, Things that come together. You want a pure house? You got to get a pure heart. I got to feel like I'm all alone up here. Somebody say amen. All right. Number three, serving. Oh, this is going to hurt some of you. Growth track on the way. Serving is about him. It's not about you. Woo! I just lost about half of you. Serving is about him. Not about you. The moment what you do for him because about you becomes about you that you're missing the whole purpose in serving. Watch this. I felt this for somebody. This might be for a lady next to you. I am convinced that people that get offended in the church so easily because they're is because they're focusing on themselves and not on God. If every week somebody offends you, you got a problem. You must stop being offended. Jesus said in this life, you will have offense. It's gonna happen. I don't care if Miss Juju didn't wear the blue dress on the blue day. Who gives a flip? Let it go. Come on. We must be a people that stops being offended. We're so offended when we're caught up in our feelings than we are in serving the king. And serving is not about you. It's about him. we got to be a people that serve to see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, we're running out of time. Young people, God wants you to serve. Haley, you're not called to be on your phone. You're called to serve. Easton, you're not called to run around the church. You're called to serve. I'm talking to my kids. Some of you need to talk to your kids. Come on. We got to set the things in order in our home. You set it in right in order at your home. It'll be set in order in his house. Serving's not about you. It's about him. They begin, listen, when they heeded the instruction, they begin to clean the house out. Things started happening. They went to work. Women, men, let's not be offended. Let's not get upset because somebody looked at us wrong or didn't talk to us or didn't shake our hand. Let it go. Somebody told me, anytime somebody comes up to me about talking about somebody else, I say, stop. I don't want to hear it. Is it going to send you to heaven or hell? Good. Let it go. Heard it this morning. I said, stop. Don't want to hear it. Okay? Because gossip doesn't fix anything. Who cares what she or he did? Quit being offended. That's just the tool of the enemy to try to get you to quit. When people started working, the house got cleaned. The temple, the doors got repaired. The temple got opened back up. And revival Came to that city. Victory came back in the house. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. For we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Psalms 102 and 3. You serve with gladness. Somebody say, I'm happy. All right. I'm done. Last but not least, they got right to work. Number four, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. The Bible says that they got not only to work, but they didn't complain. They didn't argue. They didn't try to start find another plan. Watch, five different people didn't go behind the pastor's back and say, hey, I got a better way. All of you got a better way than me. You want the keys? You can have them. Pay the rent and everything else that goes with it. All I'm telling you is I can't do this by myself. Brooke and I, we can't do this by ourselves. But we're not here to tickle nobody's fancy. We're not here to win a popularity contest. I'll tell you what I'm here for. I'm here to see souls saved. I'm here to see the house cleaned out. I'm here to see revival in my city. I want to see hell emptied. I want to see heaven filled. I want to see revival in God's people again. That's what we're about. I love you right where you are. More importantly, so does God. But We can't keep carrying out what God's called us to clean out. The Bible says, here's the good news in Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Sir, you're in here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior? Well, I kind of do. I don't know. Maybe. You ain't saved. Jesus said you must be born again. Okay? You can't enter heaven. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. You can't go to heaven unless you confess Christ as your Savior. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You've got to get that in your, in your ears this morning. Jesus wants you to accept Him. And it's just you saying, I accept you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 says, Today is the day of salvation. Don't put off tomorrow. What you can do today. The Bible says when these people begin to clean in eight Watch, eight days, they reached the center of the worship, of uh, the, the temple. In eight days, eight more days, they completely cleaned the whole territory. But in eight days, they reached the temple after cleaning for eight days. I wonder what would happen if you said yes to Jesus today. In eight days, what he could do in your life. Eight. Spiritually, that number means new beginnings. God wants to have a, wants you to have a new beginning. This pastor just wants you to stop carrying out what God's designed you to clean out. Look at me. This is the most important part of this service. I'm done. I can't do this for you. you got to do it for yourself. Philippe, come. I need you to know something. God's house has to be priority. His, this temple has to be cleansed. You can't stay where you're at. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at DarrenFarmer.com and let's do life together all social media platforms and as always your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome god bless you